Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting as usual from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're tired of the mega bank experience, like they love AI over at those really big banks and like they have computers that answer the phone and you can't find a live person. If you're tired of that kind of experience, go try out Renaissance Bank. I think they've got the magic combination of being big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but they're small enough to deliver their services in a personal way. And that's a magic combination in the banking business. And I have found that in the clients that I work with them on. So go check them out at renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices and give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Melanie Cook and Jeremy Sizemore. Melanie is with Veritas Management Group, and Jeremy is with ASAP Talent Services. Melanie and Jeremy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks to both of you. And we've got a we've got a real distance thing going on. I've got Melanie here in the studio with me, and Jeremy coming in here from Houston. Melanie, let's turn to you first. Talk about your firm, Veritas Management Group. How are you serving folks out there? Absolutely. So thank you for inviting us to to talk to you today. It's really important for us to let our community, we're based here in Alpharetta. Mm -hmm. We've been in existence since 2016. And we have over, we have close to 100 employees throughout the world Mm -hmm. because we service customers throughout the world. Our primary business is in data analytics, IT, and public health. And so we capitalize on the fact that we are in the backyard of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Sure. And as you all, as many people know, data analytics and IT are very important in public health, as we all saw with COVID. And so information, information management, health communication, that kind of thing. And so we are merging IT and public health. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of what we do. We have some other ancillary services that we provide because our customers ask us to, but those are our core areas, public health, data analytics, and IT. It took the pandemic and it took the pandemic to figure out a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. But it took the pandemic to figure out for a lot of people like me, just lay people, exactly what you said, how how important data is to uh, public health. Mm Say more about that. So surveillance is one of the primary things that the CDC engages is counting. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard for people to understand why are they counting? We have to figure out whether or not your solutions and your protocols are effective. Right. And so there's surveillance around when something first happens. Let's understand the magnitude of the problem. And then as it becomes, as it gets under control, then you have to monitor to make sure that it's at the lo- the desired levels. So as soon as you see a spike, and that data comes from so many different sources, mm-hmm. how many calls are, is the CDC getting with questions around a particular situation? How many searches in Google? How many office visits to doctors? And just so many data points that we're able to um, identify trends in advance. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of what we do. 
We also do a lot of the data analytics around the CDC and other public health agencies collect a lot of data. They conduct a lot of surveys on all areas of public health. So we do a lot of management and analytics and data visualization around around that public health information and data. Yeah, what great work. Jeremy Sizemore, uh, president of ASAP Talent Services. How are you serving folks out there? So ASAP has been around since 2006 and has been headquartered out of Houston, uh, as you said, John. Uh, we have been a nationally known recruiting firm. We also do contract staffing. We do executive search and public board of director search for mostly private sector companies. So we are uh, really known nationally in recruiting for SAP and cybersecurity talent, uh, but it does include business intelligence and data analytics, which is a crossover between VMG and ASAP talent. So that's a little bit about us. Yeah. Terrific. So the two of you have come together. So Veritas, you get, Melanie, you just recently announced the acquisition combination of your firm with ASAP Talent Services. Talk about the background of that, why the two of you came together, why it's so important you come together. Sure. So VMG, from the beginning, we knew that we wanted to build a very strong base, but we also knew that we wanted to diversify at some point beyond what our core services are. And so, as I mentioned, our primary clients are in the federal government space, Mm -hmm. both civilian and military agencies. And we have some commercial clients, but not many. And so when we looked around and we wanted to diversify both geographically, we wanted to extend our footprint in our core services, but we also wanted to bring on something that that complemented what we do, but was a little different. Mm-hmm. We like a challenge. Yeah. And with I was very familiar with SAP. We looked at probably over the last seven or eight years, we've looked at about 20 or 30 firms. And so we had a filter and ASAP talent services fit that fit our needs. They fit our need to diversify geographically. They're located in Houston. Houston is a very, a very rich area in terms of some of the businesses that are there, mm-hmm. businesses and NASA is there, and there's some other key government agencies there that we wanted to get into and having a personal presence there is really important. Number two, their services. From the IT standpoint, we use a lot of outside IT recruiting, so we're bringing that in-house. Mm-hmm. And also in terms of diversifying our client mix. So ASAP is 100% commercial. So when you mix 100% commercial and the 90% government, you have a good diversification. So that's really the why. And so we're in the process now of integrating the two companies and it's working out really well. Yeah. And so the combination is closed legally. And so now it's a question of making it all work. So Jeremy, bring your perspective to this. Why was VMG such a good fit for your firm? So we were really excited once we started talking to Melanie and the leadership team at VMG. For us, it uh, it was all about how could a company that acquired us help us to scale and grow. And just as diversification was important to Melanie, for us, we weren't really positioned to land federal or public sector work, but SAP is very prevalent within the federal government, the Postal Service, the DOD, the DOJ, Army, Navy, the military, they were types of clients that we really felt like we could add value to. 
but we just weren't positioned to capture that kind of business. Mm-hmm. With VMG now being our parent company, we are really excited about being able to diversify the kinds of business that ASAP Talent can also uh, land. And we were a pretty small business comparative to VMG. So we were really excited about economies of scale and being able to leverage the back office that's more mature in a business the size of VMG as well. There's a lot of crossover with BI and data analytics, but we were really excited about the ability to get into public sector and government work and then to just diversify and set ourselves up to continue to scale over the next decade. Yeah, the, the, let's talk about that. That's an, that's a lot of excitement there. But let's talk about the trends that kind of drive this. Right, mm-hmm. that we've had the pandemic. We've had now remote, hybrid, back to work, whatever you want to call it. And I think it depends on the industry, the company, what have you. Right. So let's talk about some of these big picture trends that really make the future look bright for this new combination. And yeah, I'll, so, I'll, I'll let Jeremy handle that question. Okay. 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 Yeah. I thought that one could be directed toward me, but yeah. So the fact that we deal mostly in the private sector, as opposed to the government, the private sector saw the COVID pandemic did a couple of things. It forced companies to get used to what does remote and virtual work look like. So we all remember what that looked like in 2019 and 2020. And uh, it was embraced. And for the most part, companies figured out a way to embrace that virtual workforce. But we are seeing some slide back where companies are now wanting to get some of those people back into the office. And it depends on the role and the function. These areas that we work in in IT, a lot of these people are used to working from home. And there's some resistance uh, to going back into those offices uh, so it'll be, con- uh, we're seeing that play out right now in 2023, this kind of struggle of, can we get people back into the office? Is there going to be some healthy pushback? John, we also saw inflationary wage gain. Mm. Um, so in 2022, we really have seen, and everyone that's listening probably understands, okay, yeah, I know what that inflation feels like. The dollar just isn't worth quite the same that it was. How that played out when it came to salaries within IT in particular is we saw the the most rapid rise in uh, salary expectations in such a short amount of time than I've ever seen in, in my 20 years uh, of being in the industry. And it, it went up pretty quick, pretty dramatic in terms of people were expecting to make 20 and 30,000 more than they literally did the year before. Uh, now that has plateaued, uh, John, in Q1 and Q2, private sector, you, you, we all heard about some layoffs, big tech layoffs. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not nearly as bad as 09 for anyone listening, but a little bit of a market correction and things have come back down to earth. Salary increases have, they haven't gone back down, but they have plateaued and they've stabilized. And then we saw the third and fourth quarter was a stronger market. ASAP Talent saw that anyway, from a standpoint of number of searches, clients moving forward with hiring and new offers Mm. and our revenues being up. If that's an indicator of the market as a whole, I'm not sure, but we did see a stronger third and fourth quarter, John. So I've got a question about that, Jeremy. How do you, how does it 
shake out here this trend and this this big jump in 20, 2021, 2022 between I guess just the at that point the pandemic effect of it where you had uh companies not wanting to lose employees in the middle of all this, right? And so it in in some cases it might have been easier to go along with those wage increases than they might have otherwise. And then how much of that, how much is just due to supply demand? Because those are two separate things, right? Supply and demand comes into it a lot. In a major market like Atlanta or Chicago or Houston or Dallas, these are major markets and companies are competing head to head for talent that is hard to find. Mm -hmm. IT, cybersecurity, listeners may be familiar with the term STEM, right? Science technology, engineering, and math. These are high demand and low supply skill sets. And so I think the way it will continue to manifest itself in the market is as it relates to retention of employees and attraction of employees. Companies like Coca-Cola, Home Depot, uh, Cox Communications, Norfolk Southern, all big employers in Atlanta, they want to hire great talent and they want to retain them. And I think you are measuring that against worker productivity. And in some skill sets and functions, employers have noticed a little bit of drop off. Not every personality type is set up to work great at home. Are they self-driven? Are they ambitious? What's the end result? Is there a little bit of laziness in there? Are people truly having good work productivity and what's the end result? But that's, I think that's a personality by personality, uh, a determination for hiring authorities and companies. But I think companies, if they felt like there was a, a drop-off in productivity, they're going to try their best to get them back into the office. And then you're going to see how much can they get away with be, without losing too much of their workforce. And does it become a, a, um, a competitive disadvantage to force people back into the office and then Let's say that half of your competitors are offering that as a benefit. Hey, you can work from home with us. And I, I don't know that we know the final answer on this, John, uh, but I think uh, over the next 12 months, we're going to continue to see that play out in the marketplace. Certainly, there is no final answer, right? There's always something <laughs> new coming along to change things. Folks, we're here chatting with Melanie Cook with Veritas Management Group and Jeremy Sizemore, and he's now with Veritas, president of their subsidiary ASAP Talent Services. Um, So we've got some – you mentioned just getting people back to work in the office, um, but there's still that question of when you have someone – or teams that are remote and you've hired remote, right? I mean, that because you've done so because uh, remote opened up the market for you. What are the success stories that you're seeing, Jeremy, in terms of the companies that are able to retain employees in this kind of environment? Yeah, we offer more than one service. So sometimes we'll say that we are a full service firm and not every firm is. So we do everything from executive retain search for really high level placements like a chief information officer or a CISO or a CTO for a large global company. And in that space, we're competing with Corn Ferry. We do recruitment. 
for permanent placements at all levels in IT. So it doesn't have to be an executive. Mm-hmm. And then that third piece is contract staffing and contract to hire. There are situations when a company's on a hiring freeze, for example, John, where they still have a need, but they're, they have a corporate HR policy where they are on a hiring freeze. We can't hire, but we still have major needs. We're in pain. And that's where contract staffing can come into play. It could be that it's an interim need. It's viewed as a project-based need. We just need someone for six months to a year. And that's what contract staffing can do. In slow markets like 09, we really came in and helped companies that were on hiring freezes find talent, place them on a contract basis so they weren't in violation of their hiring freeze. Mm -hmm. And they were able to convert people later. We offer contract to hire solutions for customers as well. So they can convert them later to an employee. And we always tell companies there's no better interview process than seeing someone do the actual job for six months. And how do they fit in with your company culture? And you know that's a great hire. And then you can really have confidence to convert them later. I guess it could be viewed as like layaway, right? Mm. You're seeing that person do the work for several months and you can convert them later when your company comes off of that hiring freeze. So that's one example of uh, success stories that we've seen in these complex economic markets, kind of what we've seen in 2023. Got it. Now, I was surprised recently as we record the show, the end of 2023, that that, uh, I read somewhere where the word of the year is authenticity. I thought it was chat GPT. Yeah, yeah, because that's all we've heard this year. And we'd love to hear the perspective here on on chat GPT and AI more widely on how that the workforce impacts that will have as we go along here in the coming years. Great question. ASAP and VMG both are IT firms, and we have a pulse on the market of both how federal entities as well as private sector markets are. What are the the high demand and hot topics? What's the buzzword of the new technology of the day or of the year? And ChatGPT, I think what has some people anxious or nervous about ChatGPT is how will it impact my job function? Would over time, would am I in danger of, of my type of job function just being replaced entirely? Think about maybe the person working at McDonald's at the register. Were they afraid that automated uh, self-checkouts and just those little screens that you can order your stuff on your own, would that get rid of their job? Similarly, ChatGPT, I think a lot of different uh, job titles, particularly writers and content creators, even in Hollywood, they're talking a lot about chat GPT, people being able to just through AI, through technology, create an entire script. Do they need people anymore? One thing that I would just say as a, a kind of a, a person that loves to look at history also, when you see technology, you think about the cotton gin or you think about Ford and them coming up with the concept of in, in industrialization and automation and assembly line. When you see these major disruptions, Some jobs are impacted, but what also happens is new jobs are created. So, John, just something fun to think about as you think about ChatGPT, drone pilots. 20 years ago, did anyone ever hear the term drone pilot? (laughs) But now that's going to be a new job title in the next 10 years. Sometimes things start with the military, and then over time, they go into the civilian market. You're going to see drone taxis in the next 10 to 20 to 30 years. You're going to see deliveries from UPS and FedEx 
or Amazon being completed in neighborhoods with drone pilots. And so you're going to see new job titles. I think people that are experts in chat GPT that know how to give the prompts and that know the technology and how to utilize it. The best way to think about technology for me is that it's a tool, but you're going to still have people that are going to use and drive those tools. But it is definitely a very disruptive tool the way I see it. And also on the public health front and healthcare in general, AI plays an important role. Mm -hmm. And so anything that is technology driven can help and assist healthcare and public health. But we also are looking at what are the gaps? So one of the things that our firm focuses on is health equity and who's left out and Mm -hmm. what are what are the different gaps in different communities. And because AI is driven by data that's collected on the internet and other places, does that prevent any gaps? Mm -hmm. And so when you ask a question, is it really representative of a population, the results? And so we are actually trying to get engaged from a policy standpoint to make sure that those voices, all the voices are at the table. So as, as AI is being developed, that we can truly be able to rely on it, that it is definitely a cross-section right. and that it represents the variety, the diversity, the inclusiveness of the population that it provides results for. So that's something for us to look at too, is the accuracy and the completeness of AI. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's been, I don't know if it's well covered, but certainly covered mm-hmm. some of the biases that are involved in AI and getting underneath that to, to, as you say, make sure that the results people are looking for as they use ChatGPT and other tools are true to life, Absolutely. Tr- true to reality. Absolutely. And so when you look at even something as, as small as are there some rural communities who may not be as present mm-hmm. on, on social media or on other areas sure. where this data is being captured. Mm-hmm. So are there any caveats that we need to put on it? Or are there ways that we can make sure that data is being captured? And I know a lot of times that evokes fear in a lot of people when you talk about data mm-hmm. and capturing data. Right. But the reality is it's out there. And particularly in healthcare, that, uh, there are a lot of fears around healthcare and uh, that get stoked in some cases un, 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 needlessly. Let's just put it like that. So yeah, that what you're saying makes perfect sense. Right. And then the other thing that the healthcare profession is keeping an eye on is Dr. Google, right? <laughs> and so- <laughs> Good old Dr. Google. Dr. Google. Yeah. And so there's the reality is that technology can definitely aid in the diagnosis and symptoms and things like that. But I think it's important for folks to remember it's a tool, mm-hmm. right? And right. to make sure that if anything, if, if nothing else, maybe start there, but not necessarily in there. But I think that as with anything else, I think they're just going to do a lot more good than harm, but people just have to become comfortable with it and understand the pros and cons and how to navigate. I asked a friend of mine who's in the surveillance area and the police He's a policeman. And I said, I asked him about eavesdropping. He said, we don't need eavesdropping anymore. There's Alexa and these, there are all these other things. So we don't really eavesdrop as much as we <laughs> did maybe 10 years ago. Right. And unfortunately, that is true. Yeah. And so just for people to understand the upsides of it. Mm-hmm. So how can, for instance, I've had several people in my family that have had vision problems. And so how can audio, the audio pieces of Siri, of Alexa, and other things provide them assistance from a health perspective. 
So there's so many different applications. It far outweighs the danger. And so what I tell people all the time is, are, are you concerned that whoever Google or whoever knows that you're going to the grocery store. Mm. So I think that when you look at it in practical terms, it probably helps to diminish the fear. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Jeremy, let's talk about the the outlook. We're, we're, we're sitting here at the end of recording this show at the end of 2023. Um, let's look ahead to 2024. What are you seeing out there? So again, we are seeing an uptick in the job market. Inflation, it seems like, has slowed down. The market hasn't just taken off roaring back yet. Uh, but I think I'm very optimistic that 2024 uh, could be a stronger economic year from a standpoint of uh, hiring and from a standpoint of companies looking to invest uh, in technology and invest in people and increase their budgets and move forward in an when companies are optimistic, they move forward in a much different way than when they are um, super cautious, mm -hmm. uh, where they're pumping that break. And we did see the pumping of the break in Q1 and Q2. But I think companies are moving forward and we're, we're excited about 2024 in the private sector for sure. Yeah, that's good news. From your lips to God's ears there, Jeremy. That sounds like something to look forward to. I, this is a question for both of you. And the you, you've talked about the two different um, missions of your the, the new VMG, right? You, you, your legacy company, Melanie, in the government sector, and then Jeremy in IT. I'd love it if each of you could maybe share a success story that helps illustrate the terrific work that your two companies are doing that helps our listeners get the, get their arms around the great work you do. Sure. So probably one example that everybody can resonate with is how we go into public health programs and we evaluate them. We evaluate them to see if the objectives are being met and why does that matter? It matters because that's taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. So if the programs are not achieving their objectives or if there are things that they can do to further refine how that program is being carried out to make it more efficient, more effective, then that impacts every taxpayer. So that's a simple example. And we have done that on countless, countless projects with smoking and health. We've done that with some trauma-related programs sponsored by the government within the military sector. Probably another one that, another success story, we are nine countries outside the United States, and all of those involve public health. And we are in the Ministry of Health, mm. and we provide public health advisory work to the Ministries of Health. So we are right there on the ground, usually dealing in infectious diseases, whether it's COVID, HIV, AIDS, polio, all those things. So the United States has a presence because what we have found is that if we can contain an outbreak or any type of public health emergency in the place where it starts, then it's less likely to have such a dramatic impact um, around the world. So that is one thing that VMG is doing that very few people know of. But yes, we are actually in nine different countries around the world. Wow. Congratulations on that. Thank that's you. That's terrific. Yeah. Great work. Thank you. Jeremy, how about a success story? Yeah, I'll highlight something even in your Atlanta market for us. Norfolk Southern Railroad was moving their IT headquarters from Virginia to Midtown Atlanta. 
And we love really strong partnerships, John, and where we can get in and work really closely with IT leadership and do not just one placement, but really get in and help do a major project. And we did a bundled retained project for Norfolk Southern, where we helped fill, I think it was eight roles in less than three or four months. Uh, these were all hard to find people in the SAP space uh, and help Norfolk Southern build their SAP team there in Midtown. And that, so that would be an example of us partnering uh, really strong with a company and doing a bundled retained kind of a program. Um, on the executive search side, uh, ASAP Talent um, has placed some CIOs and chief information security officers at some pretty big companies that some of your customers may know. We placed the CIO at Tabasco in Louisiana. If anybody likes that on their red beans and rice. <laughs> I'm <laughs> we, with you uh, on that. <laughs> yes, sir. We placed the chief security officer for NetJets, which mm-hmm. is um, a Berkshire Hathaway business. Mm-hmm. And they're the, the, the number one private aviation business in the country. And then we also placed the CIO for Sprouts Farmer's Market, which is a grocery retailer that I think is expanding into the Southeast, even though they're headquartered in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And we we did a diversity search even for them on their board of directors, for their public board of directors search and placed, at the time, she was the female CIO for Pepsi Frito-Lay, and we helped put her onto the board for Sprouts. Those are just a few that we would highlight, John. Yeah, those, wow, those, such great work. That, that both of you and your teams are doing. So congratulations on that work. Melanie, I'm going to let you wrap it up here and just talk about what the what's it look like out there in the next three, five years for VMG. Well, we're going to finish taking over the world. Okay. <laughs> so you'll be back to talk about more milestones, right? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. good. So we get really excited because of the industry that we're in, public mm-hmm. health and, and on the IT side, because mm-hmm. we know that every day what we are doing helps other people. We're very fortunate that we are in Atlanta with the CDC being so close to us. And we purposefully made sure that we were anchored in an, in a technology environment. The ecosystem here in Alpharetta in North Fulton is very supportive. Mm-hmm. And as we move into more IT areas through ASAP, we'll be able to support more of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, we're terribly excited about that. So you'll see more um, ASAP traction within this area. And so I think that the way that we grow, I actually, I don't really focus as much on the revenue as I focus on the lives that we can change and impact beginning with our employees mm-hmm. and how we can help them and how we help them professionally. And obviously through the revenue, that's important too. (laughs) So that's what the future looks for us, that we will continue to expand our footprint globally. And within the United States through ASAP, we will continue to expand and support additional customers here in the Atlanta area and the Texas area. Obviously, because we are federal government contractors, the DMV area is a very strong um, area. As I mentioned, NASA is located in Houston, Mm -hmm. and there's some important assets out on the West Coast. So we just look forward to growing our footprint. That's terrific. Great work. Melanie Cook, Veritas Management Group, Jeremy Sizemore, ASAP Talent Services, congratulations on the terrific work you're doing. We're excited we could uh, shine the light on that work. But let's get to the most important question before we let you go, which is folks that would like to get in touch and learn more and maybe learn more about your services. 
how, how they can do that. Melanie, you want to go first? Sure. There are multiple ways that you can get in touch with both Jeremy and me. Our website, veritasmanagementgroup.com. We're also on LinkedIn. Okay. You can reach us through info at Veritas Management Group. And our corporate phone number is 404-434-7370. And so there are multiple ways that you can get in touch with us. And I'll pass the mic over to Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. Website is a great way to get the email address and phone number for ASAP Talent. Our website is asaptalentservices.com. And definitely on LinkedIn, if anyone wants to connect up with Jeremy Sizemore on LinkedIn, I have a huge network and I love to help people out. So look forward to connecting with anyone in the audience that would like to. Terrific. Melanie Cook and Jeremy Sizemore, thanks again so much for coming on. We appreciate you. Thank you, John. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a couple of quick reminders before we end this a version of North Fulton Business Radio. I've got a, a book coming out here this week. If you're listening to this show in 2024, it's out. It's called The Generosity Mindset, A, Bi- a Journey to Business Success by Raising Your Confidence, Value, and Prices. If you're a solo or small professional services firm and you've got issues with your pricing and business development, this may be the book for you. Uh, if you want more information, go to thegenerositymindset.com. And I would just want to thank you, our listener. This is show number 726 of North Fulton Business Radio. And we've only gotten this far because of you continue to support the show in any number of ways, including sharing the show, liking us on social media, sending us notes from time to time on shows that you like, and the work that we do. And we're grateful to you for all of that. Please keep it up. You're helping us highlight business owners and leaders that do great work and that work deserves to be found and celebrated and highlighted. And that is our mission at business radio X to be the voice of business in the North Fulton region and beyond. And you help us do that. Thank you. So for my guest, Melanie cook, Jeremy Sizemore, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton business radio.